0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Buds Podcast. I'm Richie, joined today by Matt. Today is Sunday, March 7th. Today we got a great show for you. we got the American League East Breakdown, followed by the AL Central and then AL West. Um, But first we're going to start it off with an icebreaker question. Matt, who is your favorite TV series character and why?
1: Ooh, that's a very nice one. Um, Well, we're going to go current relevancy, I think. I am... Watching 24 over again, I watched that years ago when it debuted on Fox. So I'm going to have to go with Jack Bauer. Uh, Jack Bauer is the baddest human alive. And if I'm ever in a position where I am granted one wish and my life is on the line, I'm wishing for Jack Bauer. I would say the action and just his willingness to torture terrorists is fantastic. But yeah, that's mine. So Jack Bauer, what about you, Richie?
0: Uh, For mine, it wouldn't be. Anything current right now, I would have to go with Michael Scott from The Office. Uh, I think he's what makes the show so great and funny. Uh, I just love the That's What She Said jokes. Um, It translates pretty well into my my own life. So without further ado, um, is there anything you want to talk about before we get into the AL East breakdown?
1: I think we should address your trade before we get into the breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Richie yes, forgot about that. made another trade this week. Um, another mistake, but that's okay. You know, he's starting the year off great. Richie, why don't you tell the listener what, uh, what you did?
0: So what I was offered was Shohei Otani for Giancarlo Stanton in our league. That is auction salary cap with $300 for 12 team, 25 players. Shohei Otani is $30, and Giancarlo Stanton is $17. So I accepted the trade, receiving Otani, giving up Giancarlo. The way I viewed it was, in our league, pitching is heavily valued. And the way I was looking at it with my salary dump that we've talked about with Arenado in the past is I was ready to go out, this year, and spend you know anywhere from thirty to fifty dollars on any starting pitcher that was out there, whether it's Cindergard, Madison Bumgardner, um, or other pitchers that I'm not fully aware of that I think will be going into the draft. And so I, I took this approach as why not just trade for Otani it was offered to me and I was trying to move Giancarlo Stanton I didn't like the fact that he was DH only which kind of crippled me since I have Cabrian Hayes and Anthony Rendon so both of my utility spots are would have been capped so it gives me a little wiggle room to get a batter in the draft and solidify that last depth that pitching um, the only concern I have is health But I also had the same concerns of health with Giancarlo Stanton. And uh, my biggest question mark is gonna be, can Otani sustain multiple innings and get to that quality start benchmark? I don't know if he will or not, but willing to take the chance, um, especially in a year where most pitchers are gonna have their innings capped anyways. But uh, let's get your perspective on it, Matt. Matt thinks I made a mistake, so let's hear his viewpoint.
1: Yeah, so Otani, I know I've been a big fan of him even back when he was pitching in Japan, very high strikeout rate, a lot of power. You know, I don't foresee you using him as, as a batter at all. In our league, we're a weekly league. You know, if you use him as a batter, you're really limiting yourself from maybe other players with opportunity that could play six games as opposed to Otani's three or four games. Uh, I think we're in agreement on that, but I get why you made the deal from a pitching perspective of having depth and it being a, a high cost, but Otani has such a a huge injury risk, just like Giancarlo Stanton, that I feel like keeping Stanton, having that confident DH, a guy that's going to probably hit 40, 45 home runs this year, is going to far and away out exceed whatever Otani does on the mound. Now, he did pitch five outs this past week, get five strikeouts, hits 100 miles an hour on the gun again, but I think for $30, that's a big question mark. Now, that's being said, I'm also willing to spend $70 on Noah Syndergaard in this draft coming up. So we'll see. Um, I think if Ohtani can play like he, he should, you have a good $35 keeper next year.
0: And and the other thing I want to mention is, in my eyes, it's, I can roll the dice with a, a Giancarlo Stanton, who can possibly hit 40 home runs, or I can roll the dice with an Ohtani, and possibly he gets, I don't know, 100, 150 innings with 175 strikeouts. But you know our league better than anybody, and getting pitching, quality pitching, is a lot harder than get quality bats. So I think it's a lot easier for me to find a replacement for Stanton than there is for that six starting pitcher spot. So we'll see. My um, big
1: question, though, is what happens, you know, as you've said, he's in the rotation. It's going to be a six-man rotation. What happens when he gets scratched because he slid in the second base and, you know, he strained a hip? And now he's been in your lineup all week and come Saturday when he was supposed to pitch, he's not pitching, right? How many weeks have had that happening? I would say at least two to three weeks throughout the full season, Otani will have a scratched start. That's something that I just couldn't take, right? We'll see. I mean, again, that's a very strong opinion from myself. Um, I feel like there's, there is some concern there.
0: Yeah, I hear your concerns. I also um, have similar concerns but i think it's going to come down to what the angels view do they do they want otani to pitch more games and see him as a better asset that way or do they think DHing for 3 4 games and possibly injuring himself is a better route i also don't think they're going to let him steal bases even though he probably wants to because they do want to keep him healthy so we will see. But I don't want to talk about this too long, so let's dive right in. Let's start off with the Blue Jays in the American League East. Um, I'll start off the starting lineup and rotation, and then um, you kind of uh, pick it apart. So according to MOB, what they have, I'm going to go based on their projected lineup. So they have Kevin Biggio at third base, Springer at center, followed by Bo Bichette at short, Teoscar Hernandez in right field. Vlad Guerrero at first, Marcus Semien at second, Lords Guriel at left, Rowdy Tellez at DH, Danny Jansen at catcher, and then the rotation shakes out to be Hunjin Ryu, Nate Pearson, Robbie Ray, Stephen Matz, Tanner Roark, and their closer is Kirby Yates. So I know I kind of rambled off a little bit fast, but uh, take a uh, take a quick analysis through this, Matt. What do you see here?
1: Yeah, real quick, Calvin Biggio is going to regress. If this ball is a little bit heavier, if it's a little bit looser with the seams, I think Calvin Biggio drops from his, his kind of pedestal. I think he hits anywhere from 240 to 250, uh, 10 to 13 home runs, maybe 60 RBIs. You're going to see a significant decrease in talent from Biggio. He was really engaged with that hype, um, that, that new ball. I think Teoscar Hernandez as well is going to be an interesting case this season. He's someone I roster. Uh, Had a big breakout in two months last year, but was that a small sample size or was that him finally figuring out the Major League talent pool and coming through? And then from a closers perspective, I love Kirby Yates. This might be a great pickup light in drafts for guys that may not be as high on Kirby Yates as they used to. I think he gets 40 saves here in, in Toronto, well, what will be the East Coast since they're not actually playing in Toronto um and then again, I guess rotation. Rotation's a little weak for me, at least from a, a true baseball perspective. What do you see, Richie?
0: Yeah, my the biggest thing I see here is uh Marcus Simeon. He's gonna be playing second, so that'll be a huge boost. However, my concern with him is is he had that twenty nineteen breakout year followed by twenty twenty and he only hit two twenty-three. Um he did have a lower bab up at two sixty, but I just I don't see it it looks like 2019 was the outlier year maybe a change of scenery is is what he needs and then as far as the rotation goes Hunjin Ryu I think he's their rock their anchor but Nate Pearson I think I, I don't know the health of him really scares me and we'll see what happens with Kirby Yates out all last year so um, yeah it'll be very interesting
1: I think they look let- at I think they look at Pearson as a, a high upside of, of what we expect out of Corbin Burns, right? And that's really nice for Corbin Burns because Corbin Burns has now proven it over what is possibly a 60-game season. You know, I think he pitched in the rotation about 75% of that. And we haven't seen that from Pearson in the big leagues yet. Great stuff. But is he ready to uh, like ascend to a number two ranking in a rotation of a possible playoff team? We'll see, man. It could be a good breakout for Pearson this year.
0: Alright, next I want to go through the Orioles. So we have Cedric Mullins in center, followed by Ryan Mountcastle in left, Anthony Santander in right, Trey Mancini at first, Rio Ruiz at third, Pedro Severino, your favorite person, at catcher, DJ Stewart at DH, Freddie Galvis at shortstop, Yalmer Sanchez at second, and then the rotation shakes out to be John Means, Dean Kremer, Keegan Aiken, Felix Hernandez, and Matt Harvey. Matt, what do you see here?
1: I think really uh, Anthony Santander is really the only person that people may be looking to grab in drafts within the top, say, 150. Trey Mancini someone to look at maybe late in the draft coming back after that uh, colon cancer. Uh, Pedro Severino, stay away from him with a 10-foot pole. Uh, really hurt me last year in the fantasy playoffs. Got me negative two points over the final week. Ryan Mountcastle, another name I like to watch. Uh, I think he hit over 370 last year in a shortened season. Absolutely outrageous numbers. He's going to fall back to earth, but I really do like the profile. He was a first-round pick back in 2016 for the Orioles, so he's been in the minor leagues for, give it take, four and a half years, counting last year as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the Orioles. You know, there's not much from a pitching perspective either. Maybe John Means. You know, a lot of the industry has been hot on Means. I might be looking to take a flyer on him in the draft. He will be available. But, you know, again, price point. What's that price point for me? Maybe, you know, 8 to $12 at the end of the draft if I have a roster spot. What about you?
0: Yeah, the two players that stick out to me is Ryan Mountcastle. I think he's going to be a breakout. Um, he's, however, taken in our drafts or our league. So... He will be unavailable. But the one that stands out to me that I'm very interested in is Keegan Aiken. Um, if we look at his numbers last year, he had a 12.27K per nine. The The issue with him, though, is he walks a lot of people, 3.51 per nine. But his underlying stats have him, you know, performing better than what he should have. He had a 3.27 fib followed by a 3.85 X Fib, but his ERA was 456 But he's not going to get a lot of wins uh, for the Orioles, so he doesn't really help in our league, but he will be somebody I will be keeping an eye on. Why don't you uh, take us through the next team, Matt?
1: All right. Next, we're going to be kicking off the Rays. This will be an interesting lineup, too. There's a lot of differences within their prospect system after this offseason. But just coming from their major league roster, we have Austin Meadows at DH leading off, Brennan Lau at second base, the big-time playoff performer in randy alroy's arena in left field g man Choi at first joey wendell at third willie adamas at short for about two and a half weeks until he's booted to the curb kevin kiermeyer at center field mike zanino at catcher and emmanuel margot in right with a rotation that is much different and lackluster in comparison to last year we've got glasnow yarborough waka hill and chris archer one more time that is michael waka rich hill chris archer this is not 2018 or 2017 this is 2021 with a closer of nick anderson so richie what do we got what are you looking at what is fantasy relevant
0: well we can just scratch willie damas because in a few weeks it'll be wander franco so if you're drafting and he's available i would definitely target him Brandon Lau, I think he's getting overdrafted. I don't view him as a top 10 second baseman. I just don't see it. Austin Meadows, he was dealing with COVID issues last year, so I never think he was right. I think he's a sleeper um, and somebody you should target in your drafts. If we look at the rotation, I don't like anything about it. Tyler Glasnow, he's got injury concerns. Michael Waka, He's washed up. Rich Hill, he fell off a a cliff last year in Minnesota, only had 7.22 Ks per nine when he was in the double digits the past three years. Um, I don't know if it was due to health or if he's just getting old. And Chris Archer, um, I just don't see it. What about you? What do you see, Matt?
1: It's incredible to me. And I, I pulled this team up actually two nights ago. I logged into 2020 The Show. And I did a roster patch from the vault. And I was like, okay, I'm a you know, I'm a huge Wander Franco fan. I'm gonna probably play like three weeks with the Rays roster update until the new game comes out. And I'm looking over this team and I'm looking at the pitching staff and I wanted to vomit. You know, Waka Hill and Archer. I'm like, this has to be a mistake, right? So I go through the transcribes of what happened this offseason. Trading Blake Snell, I think, was really a give up for them you know i think they were like okay we get to the world series last year that was our window at least for the short time let's rebuild i would not be surprised to see this team lose 90 games with that also being said i wouldn't be surprised to see michael walker get a 15 win season (laughs) i I, you know it's it's a race who knows yeah
0: the one thing i will say with the, the back end of the rotation being so bad it opens the door for brent honeywell and brendan mckay to finally um, prove that they're ready for the majors brent honeywell coming off of multiple surgeries and injuries so his biggest thing is can he stay healthy he's got like five or six pitches in his arsenal and brendan mckay was working that two-way between a batter and a hitter and i feel like nobody heard about him last year i know there was the alternate training sites but we still at least got a little glimpse into some people but nobody heard anything about brendan mckay at least for my knowledge. So they'll be curious to see what happens in spring training and people i will be monitoring. And I think they should be on your radar as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. That's a great, that's a great point. And with the bullpen, I, I think Nick Anderson, great talent, right? He imploded against the Dodgers in the world series, which I kind of uh, alluded to in a earlier podcast about my frustration with Nick Anderson, but I'd stay away from this bullpen as well. They've got anywhere from three to four guys that could be locking down saves on a weekly basis you know, maybe at the end of the draft, if you can nab Anderson for a cheap price as maybe a number three, or if you're in a categories league and you're really looking for strikeouts and whip, Anderson might be your guy. But, yeah, you why don't you go ahead and go through the Red Sox
0: for us. Starting off, they got Enrique Hernandez at second base, Alex Verdugo in center, J.D. Martinez at D.H., Xander Bogarts at short, Rafael Devers at third, Christian Vasquez at center, or catcher, Franchi Cordero in left, Bobby Dahl back at first Hunter Renfro Renfro and right and then the rotation shakes out to be at Roto Rodriguez Nathan Ivaldi, Garrett Richards Martin Perez and Nick Pavetta and they also have Chris Sale who should be coming back at some point this season and then as it sits right now Matt Barnes is their closer however I've heard that there is a competition for that because um, they just signed Adam vino so um something to watch there. I don't think either closer helps you. But uh what do you see here, Matt? Take us through this lineup.
1: I'm actually really excited for their offense. Um I own myself, Rafi Devers and Chris Sale, but I, I'm not excited for the team in general this season. I think they're going to be constantly playing eight to six ball games, and they're going to be on the tail end of that. But I do think this middle of the lineup with Verdugo, Martinez, Bogarts, Devers is going to really be strong, and I think they're really going to make people afraid of the lineup. And then you got Cordero through Renfro, right? So, Frenchie, Cordero, Bobby Dahlbeck, and Renfro, all three of these guys could hit 30 home runs. You got a lot of power at the end of the lineup. So if you can set the table with Verdugo, Verdugo, Bogarts, and Devers, Vasquez is a good OBP guy as well, can get on base. You're really setting these guys up to hit some big-time home runs. Now, I'm probably not drafting any of them. If I were to choose one, it would probably be Renfro to just plug and play as maybe an outfielder number five or possibly an injury filler for a week. Rotationally, I think Chris Sale obviously coming back is going to be huge. We need to see what kind of velocity he has. It's still Chris Sale. So until Chris Sale proves that... He can no longer touch 97 with his fastball. I'm going to be bought in. I guess other than that, Eduardo Rodriguez, after that heart condition from from COVID, coming back, it was really excited to see him. He uh, tweeted out this week that it felt like it was his first major league appearance again. I'm happy for him. I really like Rodriguez. Not at the $41 he was drafted at last year, but you know we'll see if there's some value there.
0: Yeah, going off of Rodriguez, the, his biggest issue was the walks and health concerns. So it'll definitely be interesting to see that. But if he can bring his walks down, I think he's got a good chance of, instead of being a, a mid to highest three ERA, you know, dropping it down to low threes ERA. Um, but the other one that sticks out to me is J.D. Martinez. I know he's getting drafted Typically in the top 100 and people are expecting a bounce back because his BABIP was so low at 259 last year and his average was 213 and everything screamed that he was going to be better. But I'm looking at his ISO and over the past four years it's dropped from 387 to 299, 252 and then last year 175. I think he's just losing the power. Maybe he gets his contact back, but he's not going to provide you those homers like he used to. So maybe he gets you 20 to 25, but he's not going to produce 35 to 40 like he has in the past.
1: No, I fully fully agree with you on J.D. Martinez. I don't think the power will be there. It may be masked power, though, because of the wall, right, if he can hit it out over the monster. But you're looking at, I think, a really a healthier version of Miggy right might hit 300 might get you 10 to 15 home runs like you said maybe 20 but he's not what he was
0: yeah that's a good comp I like that all right let's move on to the Yankees so at starting off their lineup they got DJ LeMayhu at second Aaron Judge in right Aaron Hicks in center Giancarlo Stan at DH Luke Voigt at first Glaber Torres at short Gary Sanchez at catcher Clint Frazier and left Gio Urshela at third, and then the rotation they have Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyone, Jordan Montgomery, and Davy Garcia or Domingo Herman, depending on how it shakes out, and then their closer who's pretty much solidified as a role as Chapman. What do you see here, Matt? So this
1: is either going to be the greatest team of all time, or it's going to be the same Yankee team as the past five years, which is constantly in, injury riddled and never living up to potential. You yeah, know, we look at Aaron Judge, Luke Voigt, Glaber Torres, Gary Sanchez, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyone. Six guys right there, without even mentioning Colin Frazier, that are complete question marks this season. I have Aaron Judge as an MVP candidate if he stays healthy. That's obvious. Luke Voigt, is he really what he was last year? Is he really what he was at the end of 2019? I think so. We'll see. Is Glaber Torres... Really the real deal, the number one overall prospect, like he we were touting him to be, or does he have a hole in his swing? And can Jameson Tyone come back after two Tommy Johns and Cancer? Is Corey Kluber done or is he still worthy of a top thirty-five pitching pick? We'll see. There's a lot of issues here. I own a lot of Yankees because I'm buying in on this team. I've also been buying in on them for the past five years, so I'm I'm a little concerned that the trend's gonna continue with injuries. What are some of the things that stand out to you, Richie? The one that
0: stands out to me is Gary Sanchez. We look at his numbers from last year and they were just horrible. He had a 159 BABIP with a 147 average. It's very similar to his 2018 season when he was just horrible. Again, 197 BABIP with a 186 average. But if we look at his other three years that he had, they were his BABIP was between the 250 and 300 mark. And that's when he batted between 270 and 299. So I think... I think we should be able to get a 250 to 270 hitter out of Gary Sanchez. And you know, he's going to provide power. If he can get back to that, I think he's a top five catcher easily. And then the big question mark I have is what you said, Corey Kluber. Does he come back? Is he the pitcher that we saw before all the injuries or is the age and the injuries caught up with him? So it'll be interesting to see. um, But I'm buying into Corey Kluber. If he were, if he goes back into the draft, he was the the one pitcher I was going to be targeting and willing to spend 40 to $50 on. So definitely a name to pay attention to for the listeners out there. You probably won't have to pay 40 to $50 because your league probably isn't structured the same way as ours. But something to keep note of.
1: Yeah, and that's something right. really interesting, too, to bring up with Kluwer is He's going to have to pitch in Yankee Stadium. He's going to have to pitch in Baltimore. He's going to have to pitch in Boston. And he's going to have to pitch on the East Coast, as I had mentioned, with the Blue Jays. He's going to get torched in these stadiums. Garrett Cole is going to have a higher ERA because of where they're playing. It's something to just keep in mind with Kluber, but I kind of agree with you. It'll be interesting to see him.
0: All right, Matt, why don't you take us through the next team?
1: All right, we're going to kick off the AL Central here. We're going to go ahead and start with the Indians. Maybe a little bit less of a performing team than we all expect out of fantasy, but there'll be a few names in here that we like. At second base, they have Cesar Hernandez. Third base, Jose Ramirez, who today was suspended from team activities due to breaking COVID protocol along with Fran Milreyes. Next, you have Eddie Rosario in left, the aforementioned Franmil Reyes at DH, Josh Naylor in right, Bobby Bradley at first, Andres Jimenez at short, Roberto Perez at catcher, and Oscar Mercado in center field with the Cy Young pitcher leading off the rotation in Shane Bieber. The overperforming, overdrafted piece of shit. Zach Plisek at number two. Aaron Savalli, the underrated, better pitcher and far superior career at number three. Tristan McKenzie, which is incorrect at number four right now. He is gonna be fighting for a rotational spot. Cal Quantrill at five with their closer. James Karinchek with the lightning 100 mile an hour fastball. Richie a lot of new names a lot of new guys in this rotation and also in this lineup. What do you like? What stands out?
0: So the first one that sticks out to me is James Karinchek. He was the setup man for Brad Hand last year. Um, They believed in him uh, so much that they let Brad Hand walk however he he reminds me a lot of Josh Hader in a sense but with less control he's going to strike out a lot of people but he's also going to walk a lot of people um, there's been rumors that he may um, have some competition for his closer spot but I think he's going to be their guy the other ones that stick out to me is Andres Jimenez he kind of reminds me of of Francisco Lindor Light, a guy who had the defensive skills and the contact, but the power just didn't translate in the minors. Maybe this is the time where he comes up and the power develops. Um, I'm not willing to take a risk on him on draft day. However, he is somebody I might be watching um, at the beginning of the season and I might pounce on. And then Fran Mil Reyes, he had a fantastic year last year, um, batted 275. But I, I don't see him as that type of a hitter. You know, he's typically going to give you a 240 to 250 average. His BABIP is just through the roof at 355. Um, and He just strikes out too much, almost a third of the time at 28.6%. I just don't see it. But I do see him as a, you know, 25 to 35 homer guy. So uh, kind of like a Kyle Schwarber, but you can get Schwarber a lot later and he'll give you outfield eligibility. Uh, what do you see here, Matt?
1: I really have liked Josh Naylor since his time in San Diego. Uh, Naylor's a guy that you know could hit 220, or he could hit 280. He could hit you 12 home runs. He could hit you 35 home runs. It all depends on playing time. It depends on confidence. It depends on development. I'm really hoping they allow Naylor to sit out there in right field against lefties and righties, kind of get his true cup of coffee and start to develop. Well, kind of like Fran Mill, though. Some sometimes those numbers can be overinflated. He did play well in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm still still kind of gauging that. Um, again, Zach Plesek. I absolutely am not buying in on this. Um, you know, I had a very strong opinion about Max Scherzer. I would not be surprised to see Zach Plesek out of the major league roster this year. I think that he has reaped the benefits of reaped the benefits of having a kind of mirage ERA. I don't think his talent is there. Can't throw over ninety three. Had team issues last year with Clevenger. We'll see. I think Aaron Savali is the far superior pitcher. I think Tristan McKenzie has, has better arm talent. I think Zach Plesac, if he struggles for anywhere up to a month, is going to be sent back down to AAA or moved because he already is on thin ice with the team. But moving on, going with the Royals next. This will be a quick one, I think, for us. Starting off in right field, they have Whit Whitmerryfield right now. Bit of a surprise kind of taking him out of the infield, but I think right field would be a good spot. Left field, they have Andrew Benatendi. Catcher, Salvador Perez. Perez had a nice bounce back year last year after coming back from Tommy John. First base, they have Carlos Santana, DH, Soler. Shortstop, Alberto Mondesi, who is projected at 50. Stolen bases again. We'll see if he can hit that. Hunter Dozier at third, who just signed the new extension. Michael Taylor in center. And the very toolsy, biggest name in the prospect world, Nicky Lopez at second. Rotation, Brad Keller starting it off. Mike Miner. Danny Duffy, Brady Singer, and Chris Bubeck, with a closer of Greg Holland. Greg Holland back with the Royals. So, Richie, what stands out?
0: I think the first one that we talked about in the past is the trade for Andrew Benintendi. He's going to be on a contract year. He's not going to provide you power. If you play in Categories League, he might be somebody to target um, as your fourth or fifth outfielder. But for points leagues he's not going to do much for you maybe he gets you back to that 275 300 batting average but i don't see him hitting more than 15 20 home runs but on the pitching side they got brady singer and chris bubich who kind of stick out to me because they were young guys who jumped up the the ranks from single a and double a to the majors. so it'll be interesting to see how they progress at the majors but what do you see matt what do you like him on the royals
1: this is another team where you look at it and you ask what year it is, right? You know, Michael Taylor, you've got Jorge Soler, Carlos Santana. Now, Soler has been fantastic. He's really come into his own. He submerges a big time power hitter. I think Carlos Santana's going to take a step back. Great with walks, still strikes out a little bit. Good OBP. If you're playing in Kansas City with a, a lineup that's not as controllable as it was in Cleveland, Andrew Benatendi, there's just a lot of question marks. I think this team could be the Rays of years past where they come out and they win 87, 88 games, or, again, they could lose 100 games. It's very hard to tell. It's going to be up to their pitching staff. I like Mike Miner. I like Duffy. I really like Brady Singer. I think his career is going to be a lot of ups and downs. He's a guy that I think can have a lot of seven innings, two runs, ten strikeouts, performances followed by three and a third, six runs, four walks. I don't know too much about Chris Bubeck. He's someone I'm going to keep an eye on. I always love to see left-handers coming out of Kansas City. Again, they have Asa Lacy coming up, so they're going to have some strong arms. Greg Holland, I really don't think he's going to be much worth rostering just because, again, they, they are not going to be proven to win. And by the time they are on a roll, he's probably already going to be rostered. So moving along, Richie, why don't you go ahead and list off the Tigers for us?
0: Yeah, so we'll start off with their uh, their lineup. So they got Robbie Grossman in left, Jonathan Scoop at second, Miguel Cabrera at DH, Jamer Candelario at third, Renato Nunez at first, Willie Castro at short, Wilson Ramos at catcher, Nomar Mazara in right, Jacoby Jones in center. And then for the rotation, it stands Spencer Turnbull, matthew boyd jose urania michael fulmer and daniel norris and their closer is listed as brian garcia what do you see here matt aside from the rotation that probably won't be the same by the end of the year
1: yeah it's a good point um (laughs) this is a prospect ready team right we've got renato nunez at first base And we know that's going to be Torkelson's position. So he's kind of just in waiting. Although I really do like Nunez. I like Nunez especially when he was on the Orioles. But you're playing in a bigger ballpark. You're not going to have as much protection in this lineup. I'm really going to avoid everybody, to be completely honest with you. I like Brian Garcia's arm talent a lot. 26, 27-year-old has a lot of potential. But, again, how many opportunities is he going to have within this lineup? If you're somebody playing in maybe a deep, deep league, 14-team-plus, Maybe Michael Fulmer is a guy that you want to jump on. you know, Former Rookie of the Year, had the had the arm issues, he's back now, but again, your issue is going to be getting wins out of him, and he's really not going to be a categories guy that's going to give you those counting stats, so I think overall it's a wash for me. What about you?
0: Yeah, so I'm looking at the pitching. They had, they brought up Casey Myers last year, but he struggled, walked a lot of batters, had an ERA over six that was backed up by the FIP and XFIP that were also above five, but I think they should give Matt Manning a chance. He did well in 2019 at AA. I'm sure he progressed at the alternative training site, but he was, you know, had his ERA at 256, backed up by 253 FIP and XFIP, so it's right in line. So I believe it's the real deal. On the hitting side, the one that is intriguing to me is Willie Castro, a good shortstop. He hit for 349 last year, but it was with a 448 BABIP, which is incredible i don't think i've ever seen something that high before so i I do think he can be a high average guy maybe like 280 um, with a little bit of pop but in today's game there's probably 20 good shortstops that are greater than him. But if he played second, I think he probably would have been a, a top 15 guy, somebody to keep an eye on in uh, deeper leagues, maybe AL only. Must
1: be nice. Almost 50% of your hits in play were hits, or, you know, base hits. What yeah. a lucky guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy.
1: That's yeah, that, That's a stat that you really see from a small sample size, right? 60-some games, that's that's eye popping.
0: The the other person we didn't mention is Tariq Skubal, who's not listed in their rotation, which is interesting to me. But I think he's their brightest pitcher in their lineup. He struck out more than 10 batters per nine. I know he's projected to be a breakout amongst the industry. The one issue is um, he had a, a 5.63 ERA followed by a 5.75 FIP and. Four eight one x fit so he's gonna give up a lot of runs yeah so what are your thoughts on Scubel Matt
1: I like Scubel a lot I moved Scubel last year for I think Tim Anderson um, I've been big on Scubel since was his twenty nineteen when he had a really big breakout in the minor leagues so some of the other podcasts I listened to specifically the Dynasty podcast have been watching him for years and have said even while uh, Maez is in that rotational kind of pool of talent with Manning that Scooball will be the best. He's a lefty, big-time comps to Cliff Lee, amazing secondary pitches, but he still has to learn that control. He's a young pitcher. It took, if I remember correctly, Cliff Lee until he was about 26, 27 to really find that Cy Young form. I would not be surprised with the same with Scooball. So, Russ, if you're listening, hold on to him for a few more years. You are going to get that (laughs) talent out of him. Um, I think, I'll go on a limb to say that he'll be the second best pitcher out of those three. I still think Mayas has the ability to pitch into his late 30s. I think Manning is probably out of that team, out of the rotation by the time he's 30. I think he'll have one more Tommy John and probably a shoulder issue. 6'6", six, six, 230. He's too big. He's already having injuries with the shoulder. Uh, I do not expect him to last very long.
0: All right, we'll go through the Twins lineup here. Uh, starting off, they got Max Kepler in right, Josh Donaldson at third, Jorge Polanco at second, Nelson Cruz at DH, Miguel Sano at first, Luis Ariz in left, Mitch Garver at catcher, Andrelton Simmons at short, Byron Buxton at center. And then for the rotation, they have Kenta Maeda, Jose Berrios, Michael Pineda, J.A. Happ, and Matt Shoemaker. For their closer, it looks like it's going to be a competition between Taylor Rogers and Alex Colome, but I wouldn't be surprised if they Uh, mix and match with those guys but reading over this roster what do you see matt
1: we'll see what arius could do this year can he get back to that high 300 batting average mitch garver you know was last year an admiration for him or was it how he really is was it 2019 that was kind of the gimmick season nelson cruz we obviously love him he's the the ageless wonder this team is going to perform very similar i think to how it did a few years ago um probably how it did last year I think if there's a year for Byron Buxton to break out, it is this year. That's kind of the industry consensus. If Byron Buxton does not break out this season, write him off. He's done. You know, that's that's just it, man. We have four or five years now, injuries and this and that. And he's got to find a time to, like, really break out. What about you?
0: Yeah, the, the one that sticks out to me is Michael Pineda. Um, always been a solid pitcher. Um, nothing great he's going to give you almost a strikeout per nine with a mid threes era possibly four if he's having a bad stretch but jorge polanco in most leagues he's listed as shortstop only him playing second is going to give you some versatility if you can stick it out for a week or two um He's going he's gonna to give you near 300 average with probably 15 to 20 home runs, which isn't anything special. But at second base where it's completely short, he could be a top 12 guy. So that's somebody to keep your eye on. Um, and then Jose Barrios, I think he's going to be a solid guy. Um, also mid threes to low threes ERA um, innings eater but he's not going to strike out a lot of people. All right, let's move on to the White Sox. Matt, why don't you take us through the White Sox roster?
1: Yes, obviously one of the AL's favorites for the World Series. A lot of talent in this roster. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I think I see one guy before I read it off that I'm not interested, in, and that's Adam Eaton. Starting off at shortstop is Tim Anderson, the AL batting champion for last year. Fantastic guy to have, and of course, I've got him. Jan Mankata at third base is Manny Grandal at catcher. The MVP, Jose Abreu at first. Eloy Jimenez in left field, Luis Robert, a.k.a. Mr. Six Tools in center, Andrew Vaughn at DH, Adam Eaton in right, and Nick Madrigold, Mr. 3000 at seconds. The rotation of Lucas Giolito, Dallas Keuchel, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, and Carlos Rodon with Liam Hendricks, Mr. Moneybags as the closer. So Richie, what stands
0: out? The first one that stands out to me is Juan Moncada. He had a rough season last year, but he was also dealing with COVID. I'm wondering if he can get back to his 2019 numbers where he batted over 300 and had 25 home runs and he was arguably viewed as a, a top five, top 10, third baseman. Can he get back to those numbers Improve on his 225 batting average that he had? And then Carlos Rodan, he's just had multiple injuries and has never been right. 2019 he had 11 k's per nine almost 12 um, but he had a high era Um, it's always above four Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he can get back down to a lower era the other guys um, pretty much almost everybody's familiar with but the one that sticks out is andrew vaughn uh, top prospect He's making some noise in spring training, and it looks like they're going to give him the, the DH rolls right out the gate. So that's uh, very intriguing. So um, definitely somebody who's going to be flying up draft boards, and you should have on your radar if he's not already.
1: What do you peg Vaughn for this season? Say he plays 140 games. What's his stat line?
0: Ooh, um, easily at least 30, 40 homers. Um it's the batting average for me. Um, I, that's the one I, I can't I can't put my finger on. So I'm going to need your help on uh, guessing what that's going to be.
1: I'm glad you asked because I think, A, you're wrong, and I think everybody in this industry is wrong. It's interesting. We we're listening to, I was listening to CBS, and they said the same thing. They said 35 to 40 home runs, and I laughed out loud because, yes, Vaughn has power, but Vaughn is a bat-first contact-first player. He's a line-drive hitter. He is not Pete Alonso. I was very frustrated when they pulled that comp out to him because he's a very different player than what they're describing. Andrew Vaughn's the guy that's going to hit you 290 to 320 for the rest of his career after probably this season where I see him around 272 with, say, 25 to 28 home runs, probably 80 to 90 RBIs. There might be one season he hits 40 home runs, but he is a line drive power contact guy. So I'm excited for him. I also traded him to Russ last year pretty upset I let him go but because I didn't see that high power in his future I let him walk now when you have a guy that hits 310 and hits 30 home runs that's a big asset as well I think Andrew Vaughn this year though if you can grab him at the end drafts he's sliding into your utility and he's providing you a lot of talent
0: so so how many homers if he plays 140 games how many home runs do you think he has
1: 23 to 27
0: 23 to 27 all right I'll take that bet let's I'll bet you what do you want to bet? Ten bucks. I'll bet you ten bucks. If he plays 140 games, he'll hit more than he'll hit 27 or more home runs.
1: Ooh. Um let's do you have to host for an entire month.
0: (laughs) All right. I'll take that. Or I have to host for an
1: entire month, right? Like either or. Yeah,
0: whoever okay. All right, let's uh let's keep moving. We'll move on to the AL West. Um, so at second base, they got David Fletcher, first base, Jared Walsh, third base or batting third is Mike Trout in center, Anthony Rendon at third, Justin Upton in left, Shohei Otani at DH, Dexter Fowler in right, Jose Iglesias at short, Max Stasi at catcher, and for the rotation, they have Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, Griffin Canning, Jose Quintana alex cobb and shohei otani should be noted that they are talking about albert pujos being dh on days that shohei otani is not and then their closer who they went on and traded for is rysel iglesias so matt take us through this lineup
1: again i think we're looking at another team that a lot of big time names but but where's the actual substance right With Rodon and Trout, you obviously have big-time performers. But you look at Justin Upton, big-time underperformer. Dexter Fowler didn't deserve his contract. Jose Iglesias has not been the same since he had micro-fractures in his shins. This is probably six or seven years ago. Max Dossi had a nice end of the season last year. He's not consistent enough. David Fletcher has been overperforming. Jared Walsh is going to fall off the boat and probably not be found for a while. But I do think he provides power. Don't get me wrong; I think there is some power there. But again, small sample size and small sample size. It was less than about four weeks last year. It was all of September for him, wasn't it, Richie?
0: Yeah, and I completely agree with you and Jared Walsh. He definitely outperformed his peripherals. Um... He's a nice player. I, I do think that like you have him on your team.
1: I think he's if you got him for a dollar in in dynasty leagues. If you got him for you know, waiver pickup, and you don't have to sacrifice a, a round pick, you're going to hold on to him just to see what he can do over the first couple uh, months of the season. But I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, he's probably going to be the first guy that you drop for a different player. Would that be correct?
0: Yeah, if I even keep him. Yes, yeah. he's one of the ones on my chopping block. So, well, it sounds like Richie's been
1: dangling Jared Walsh out there for other teams,
0: huh? <laughs> I have not because <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't see him as much of a value, nor do I think people really um, – pay attention to him he never was a, a big name guy i believe he's 27 28 yeah. let me double check that Yeah,
1: 26 to 28 um, for
0: sure yeah he's 27 um so he's he's one of those minor league journeymen who's been in the minors for most of his career and just came up um the in 2019 actually um but he only batted 203 in 2019 and struck out 40 percent of the time so the fact that his strikeout rate dropped to 13.9 and his average went up to 293 kind of is a little fishy to me um and i'm not technically buying it but who knows maybe he has a hot spring over the next couple weeks he changes my mind but the other one i want to talk about is max Stasi, their catcher um, who did pretty well he batted 278 um, and only had a 277 Babbit. Um, so if you're waiting on catcher in your leagues maybe somebody to target late
1: all right moving on we're gonna do the Astros kind of fly through the last couple of teams here Astros have Jose Altuve at second base Alex Bregman at third Michael Brantley in left field Carlos Correa at short Kyle Tucker in right Jordan Alvarez at DH Yuri Guriel at first Martin Maldonado at catcher and Miles Straw in center with a rotation of the magician Zach Granke. I'll tell you what I'm throwing. Lance McCullers (laughs) Jr. Framber Baldez, just cut off my ring finger and get it over with. Jose Urquidy and Christian Javier with closer of Ryan Presley. So a lot's going on with this roster right now, Richie. What what do you see? What do you like from a fantasy perspective? What are some questions that you might have?
0: Yeah, I think the the biggest news that most people probably aren't aware of is that Forrest Whitley uh, just came out and it was said that he has a, a right UCL strain, which Obolition. is usually a precursor to Tommy John. I know we've talked about him in the past and somebody um, with that prospect name potential. I think he's done. I think he, he reminds me of who was that one pitcher that Mark the Phillies Appel. took? Mark Appel. Taken technically
1: by Houston and traded to the
0: Phillies. Yeah. So it, um, the other guy I want to talk about is Kyle Tucker. This is his breakout year. I see it. I feel it. Russ, trade him to me. Um, he he had a 300 BABIP, which is right in line with the average bat 270. I, I see him batting probably closer to 280 with 30 to 40 home runs this year. Um, everything's there. We've just been waiting for him. And then the other one we've talked about in the past is Chris, Christian Javier. Um, all of his underlying metrics say he should be better than what he is. Um, and I think 2020 was just a blip on the radar, and he just needs some time and more games to show what he has in the tank. Um, but what do you see, Matt?
1: Well, this is a message to Framber Valdez personally. I know you're listening. I know I am your second opinion medically. And I think you should just cut it off and get your (laughs) ass back on the mound because I need you. No, I think this team is – it's a very interesting team. Obviously, the cheating allegations from a few years ago, the massive disappointment that they were last year. Framber himself had a fantastic postseason. Breaks his hand, right? He might be the most encouraging player going into 2021 on this roster, and that's probably next to Kyle Tucker because I do agree with your comps there for his stat line this year. And then, of course, Framber breaks his finger. So I'm a little bit less encouraged by this team. Um, obviously, I think Jordan Alvarez can come back and perform at a high level. I really want to see what Miles Straw can do in the outfield. Is he going to be a high option for stolen bases? But can Correa, Bregman, and El Tuve rebound? I don't know. We'll see. I'm not looking to touch them in the draft or any drafts unless I get a lot of value. You know, As I've said before, if Bregman falls outside round five, which he's not going to, I'll take him. Um, pitching staff, other than Framber, Greinke, uh, completely disappointed with his performances last year. I mean, literally calling out what he's throwing to batters. Lance McCullers could have a really, really big season. He wasn't allowed to throw his curveball as much last year. He'll be kind of full reigns this year, now after a year and a half of Tommy John. And your Quitty, can your Quiddy kind of come through and pitch as, as he's supposed to, or are his underlying numbers really going to be a detriment to his ability? But – yeah, Astros, I'm going to be watching a lot of their games here on the West Coast. Um, we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, the, the one thing I want to mention with Zach Ranky before we move on is what's interesting is he had a horrible 4.03 ERA, but his underlying metrics s- screamed that he should have been better than the last two, three years that he had with a 2.8 FIP and a 3.51 XFIP, um, but yet we still see his fastball declining, and like you said, he'll call out pitches. I just – It doesn't make sense to me. I don't get how how it's happening, but you know what? He's on my team. I'm going to ride the wave. Um, I think I only have one or two years left to control with him. Nobody wants him in trade talk, so I might as well just ride it out.
1: I think he's one of those pitchers that has the talent. They have that it factor with whether it be spin or illusion or their, their just unbelievable ability to control the ball. The problem with Granke is he's absolutely out of his mind. He's literally crazy. <laughs> if he weren't a Major League Baseball pitcher, I think he'd be homeless on the streets of Los Angeles. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with Granke. You've got him on your team. You know, I encourage you not to keep him. You're going to you're gonna do that anyways, which is a good call because of pitching depth in our league. We'll, we'll see what kind of season he has. But uh, moving on, we're going to go ahead and do the athletics now. Far less intriguing athletic team than it has been in the past few years. They have Elvis Andrews at shortstop. Jed Lowry at second base, Matt Chapman playing third, Matt Olson playing first, Mark Canna in DH, Ramon Lariano in center, Sean Murphy at catcher, Steven Piscotti in right, and Seth Brown, I don't know who you are, probably don't <laughs> care about you in left field, Frankie Montas starting off the rotation, Jesus Lizardo, Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, and AJ Puck, with closer being Rosenthal. Richie, what do you got for me? What do you see? What do you like? What are you not touching?
0: Yeah, the the ones I'm not touching are Elvis Andrus and Jed Lowry, just washed up, don't even worry about. The one who sticks out to me is Mark Canna, though. Last year, I was all in, thought he was going to break out, and then I ended up trading him for, I don't even remember, it was some prospect that I ended up dropping, so it didn't matter. Um, But he should have batted closer to 270, what I was hoping and Hopefully he can come out this year and hit 25 to 30 home runs. You can get him late in drafts. Um, But A.J. Puck, can he stay healthy? Um, He's one that I'm keeping an eye on. Frankie Montes, can he stay off the steroids? We'll see. Um, But the other one that I'm keeping an eye on for prospects is Dalton Jeffries, who's the next man up, I believe. Um, You know, in his minor league track record, he's got – um, double digit strikeouts per nine doesn't walk anybody um, probably will give you mid to th- high threes era you um, got a, a little taste of MLB but just got absolutely crushed in two innings um, so we'll see what it what's standing out to you Matt
1: again I think Chapman and Olson. right this is a, a yearly thing for these guys guys that are taking a little bit higher than maybe they should be at times Matt and just give him one season where he can play 150 games, and I guarantee he hits you 40 home runs. But to this point, we haven't seen that from him. Frankie Montas, is he going to stick around that 5 ERA he had last year, or is he going to actually throw that splitter as we talked about and get back in the low threes? A.J. Puck, is he ever going to show that top prospect pedigree? I think this year is a lot of opportunity for this team to really come out and play at a high level, But again, much like the Yankees with that injury concern and sometimes that lack of production, I think overall I'm going to stay away from a lot of these guys. I actually don't see myself drafting anyone on the athletics except Seth Brown. I think he's the best player in fantasy. Oh, I mean, sorry, I was falling asleep there for a minute. But no, I'm just not intrigued by any of these guys.
0: Yeah, and the one other player I want to know is Jesus Lizardo. I have him on my team. However, if it was a redraft league or uh, something else, I'm just not buying him for where he's going in drafts right now. i um, close, right around the top 100. But, you know, he's going to be uh, a low for ERA guy, only give you a strikeout per nine and walk two or three guys when he's out there. That screams closer to the 200 pick rather than the 100 pick. So I definitely think he is being overvalued this draft season. But let's move along. We have the Mariners up next. They have J.P. Crawford at short. Mitch Hanniger in right, Kyle Lewis in center, Kyle Seeger at third, Tom Murphy at catcher, Ty France at DH, Dylan Moore second base, Evan White at first, Jake Fraley at left, and then for pitching they have Marco Gonzalez, James Paxton, Chris Flexen. yeah we'll see, Justice Sheffield, Yusei Kikuchi, and Justin Dunn, so it looks like they're rolling with the six man, and then Rafael Montero they just got as their closer Matt what do you see here
1: Team even waiting right we got a team that is waiting for Kalnick and Rodriguez to come up Evan White big player that I think will have a breakout season this year love Ty France I just want to see him play 120 130 games Kyle Lewis came into camp in great shape you know as 90% of everyone else does the other 10% are eating potato chips on the couch but I, I like this team. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, there's a few guys that you could really take a risk on, like France and possibly Evan White, that might pay dividends for you. Maybe with the last pick in the draft, you're going to be able to nab these guys. Really like Justice Sheffield, obviously from the Yankees prospect to the, coming over to the Mariners. A guy that really could provide some value at the end of your rotation. Again, maybe the last pick in the draft. I think James Paxton is falling down drafts boards pretty significantly. And in points-based league, head-to-head, you're not going to get a lot of wins out of him. But he's a guy that has proven he can go deep into games. And he's proven he will be on the IL. So there's there you go. You've got a great injury risk. But if you take him at the end of the draft, you might be able to get some production that you didn't get from other guys because he does have the arm ability. What about you, Richie?
0: Yeah, the one that sticks out to me is Mitch Haniger. You know, has so many injuries, had that testicle scare a few years back, hasn't really played since 2019. His last good season when he broke out was in 2018. He hit 285 with 26 home runs, 90 runs, and 93 RBIs. So if he's healthy, I see similar production because everything looked legit during that stint that he went off um and then just sheffield somebody i'm keeping an eye on um his metrics kind of were a little wacky um he had a 358 era in 2020 his FIP um stated that he should have a 317 but his xfip screamed 427 usually xfips a little more predictive of the era rather than just regular FIP. so i think he kind of takes a, a step back um and then chris Flexen, he's nothing to write home about, but I think he's what opens the door for Logan Gilbert um, to make his way to the majors. somebody to keep an eye on late in drafts.
1: Yeah. Gilbert's really getting some traction right now. I uh, read an article actually before we started recording today, talking about Gilbert and how he's ready to start his ascension to the big leagues, obviously, and come up and pitch. Well, Gilbert's in at 23, almost 24. He's got that age where they've held him back quite a bit and really let him develop. I'm excited for Gilbert. And I'm excited to see who you trade them to. Moving along, (laughs) we are going to finish this out with the Rangers. Um, And Richie, do you want to kind of kick it off and go over the Rangers?
0: Yeah, I'll go over. uh, So at center, they have Leody Tavares. Second base, they have Nick Solak. Shortstop, they have Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. And right, they have Joey Gallo. DH, our boy, Willie Calhoun. Uh, Left, they have David Dahl. Third, they have Rognet Odor. First, Nate Lowe. And then at catcher, they have Jose Trevino. Um, Until Sam Huff is ready, that is. And then for the rotation, they have Kyle Gibson, Mike fulton Kohei Arihara, Dane Dunning, and Jordan Lyles. And it does not list who their closer is at this time. But looking at this roster, what do you see, Matt?
1: This is a team in rebuild. I can't say I'm going to touch any of these guys. I mean, their pitching staff, I'd like Dane Dunning, but I truly think their probably best arm talent is Dane Dunning. Um, And then closer, again, it's going to be kind of be too determined. They've got a lot of talent in that bullpen, but not a lot of experience and a lot of true production. What are you seeing, Richie?
0: And This is is just the team that has burned, I think, you and me the most um, in our fantasy careers over the past two, three years. I mean, we were so excited about Odor, Willie Calhoun, Nick Solak, Joey Gallo, and they just underperformed our expectations and kind of fell off the radar. Um, You know, I'm almost at that that tipping point where I'm like, I'm ready to move on. But, you know, maybe, maybe it is the time that they perform like we think with Odor, Calhoun. Uh, Gallo, Solak, maybe they can be the the guys we hope them to be. Um, but the one I'm looking at the most is Nate Lowe. We've talked about him in the past. Um, I think this is the year he breaks out. He finally has a chance. He's not stuck um, in the minors with the Rays anymore. And then as you mentioned before, Dane Dunning um, was included in the Adam Eaton trade um, to the White Sox. And now he's uh, was involved in the lance lynn trade so went from the white Sox to the rangers now so it looks like he's gonna have a full-time job locked down now um so with most of these pitchers can they keep his walks down he walks almost four batters per nine um and i think that kind of gets in their head so yeah look interesting it up. us see how
1: but I, I agree with you dunning you know can you keep those balls uh, in the zone um I mean, he's going to be playing in a, in a new ballpark, right? It's going to be more of a neutral neutral park. And he's not going to have a whole lot of run support unless Joey Gallo gets into one. So much different team than the White Sox team that you really rode last year for a solid month.
0: All right. That covers all of the AL teams. Um, Matt, is there anything else you want to touch on before we take off?
1: No, I think we wrapped it up. We have the NL, the AL covered. Moving into next week, we're going to start going over our positional rankings, maybe talking about some of the final sleepers that we have. We are about three weeks until our big drafts, and we are a little under a month until the start of the regular season. So very exciting.
0: Yes, I'm very excited as well. Take care. Bye. Get back here. (laughs)